Welcome to the People Analytics and Future Work Podcast with Al Adamson. Hi, this is Al Adamson, founder and executive director of the Talent Strategy Institute. And I'm here today with Chris Moore, CEO of Zeroed In. Chris, you there? I'm here. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining me today. I'm extraordinarily excited uh, to have you on because you've shared uh, what you're working on. And I just came back from an HR technology conference and many were talking about what you are now doing. And so if you would, can you just speak to some highlights about what Zeroed In is? And uh, if you want to take a few moments too, just to share a little bit about your background and how you got into the space as well. I think that would be great for our listeners. Sure. Uh, we are a, you know, Zeroed In is a workforce analytics solutions company. Uh, we've been in business since 2004 and we've, we've evolved to where we are today. Um, back in the 90s, I was the chief technology officer uh, for a uh, talent management company. So I've spent my my world working in the in talent and HR data, and in 2004 I left that organization and founded Zeroed In, and really started in the talent analytics space. And over the course of uh, you know, 14 years, uh, that brought evolved to the broader uh, workforce and people analytics. Uh, so. You know, what we do today is really help our clients make better use of their workforce data. I know we were talking earlier about uh, clients have multiple people systems, and there's no glue really that binds them all together. Well, you know, you know zeroed in and, and, you know, solutions like ours, you know, do just that. They bring that data together from these various people and business systems and make it available so that it can be used, you know, to, uh, to make better business decisions. I mean, it's, you've been at this for 2004 and you've been in the space, uh, longer than most. And so, you know, the intricacies of, and of HR data and it's not easy, obviously, when you talk about multiple systems, uh, when you talk about multiple instances of certain systems. So what is your core value proposition? Why would someone uh, want to work with Zeroed In or even more broadly, you know, when you just talk about this glue, uh, what does it actually do? Well, the, the, the clients that, that we tend to work with, you know, are those clients that have tried to do this and, and to some degree of success are doing it on their own, but they're challenged with, you know, pulling the data from these various systems, spending all of their time, you know, cleaning it and massaging it and trying to bring it together um, only to find out that next quarter they have to do the same thing and the same thing and the same thing. And it just, they, they just get buried in the data and spend more time, preparing it than actually using it. Right. And what, and once they do, you know, get some information out, um, you know, it's, it's, it's in a way like a drug, right. You know, people want more. They said, this is great. Can you also give us this and that and this, uh, and then that just continues to press them with, you know, 
time and resource to try to meet those needs and it's and, it, and they get overwhelmed quickly sure and so what we've done is we've developed a model that quickly brings together various data sets from you know core hr from recruiting from talent from performance and brings that together in a way that creates both you know knowledge and and facts and insights for clients and uh, so the yeah yeah no i i mean i love what you're saying and and what i am super excited about what you're doing in particular and what Zero In is doing is that you're not only creating a value proposition for executives and leaders, you're creating a value proposition for frontline uh, managers and employees. Is that right? Can you speak to that? Yeah. You know, we, you know, there's certainly, you know, executives, HR, you know, they need access to this data, but the power of the workforce data is really at the front lines. It's the people manager, right? Who is making a hiring decision or making a performance or a pay decision. You know, we like to use this analogy, you know, the, the most brilliant strategies fail when the troops don't get the support they need to continue fighting the good fight, right? And, and that's really where we come in to mobilize this workforce data from inside these different management systems and take it to the outer edges of the organization and of course, we turn it into business insight along the way. So, yeah, get, get, get you know, it's, yeah. So whether it's you know traditionally it's um, through their browser, right? Through uh, metaphors like dashboards and scorecards that are are very role based, right? So we we take on this model of uh, you know role based data experiences. So a store manager may have a different experience than an HR business partner. Yeah. So, and that's what allows a, a more personalized, a more contextual story to be told visually with the data. Absolutely. So you started to touch on it and I'd like to you know, probe a little bit more. How do say HR business partners, uh, supervisors, managers, uh, access the information and i know you're doing something extraordinarily innovative in this area yeah well as i said you know traditionally they're accessing it through their browser uh perhaps there's a there's a, a desktop at the store perhaps they have an ipad uh, or another mobile device so that's one way but more recently uh, we've introduced our alexa skills application for zeroed in. So for instance, you know, zeroed in manages lots of facts and figures. We we like to quantify things, things as simple as headcount to uh, to pay, to moves, you know, movements within the organization. And we use those facts and figures as a basis uh, for looking at trends and patterns and all the demographic attributes about them. So from that perspective, you know, we create, you know, dashboards with uh, metrics and indicators, but now those are exposed through Alexa. So I can say, Alexa, launch zeroed in. What can I tell you about your workforce? How many open positions by job family? Open positions for June 2017 for nurses of 1970. For nursing assistance is 1,524. Alexa, stop. 
Wow. <laughs> so you get the picture. <laughs> That's cool. That we can, you know, now create natural language processing interfaces. Well, whether you're typing them in on a screen or using your voice, you know, now it's completely hands-free. Now, there is an assumption when you talk about, uh, say, AI, if I just might use that word that you just leverage to access data. And there's an implication that the data uh, that Alexa, in this case, accesses is appropriate to answer the question that uh, the user wants to know. So given that, do you serve as a uh, advisor on what data is lacking and what they might want to create to answer these questions that they might not have immediate uh, answers to? You follow that? Yeah, you know, and, and that's how I alluded to the fact that we're we're a workforce analytics solutions company because it's really, you know, there are companies that just provide tools and there's companies that just provide workforce analytics services. We're, we're a combination of the two because you really need both. So part of our engagement begins with a strategy that, you know, identifies all of the facts and, and figures that we we bring out of the box, but there are other um, aspects uh, that are important based on on the client's industries. So, for instance, you know, in our retail clients, uh, nut figures like sales per hour and selling costs are important at the associate level. And you don't traditionally find those in an HR system. Those are productivity metrics. Productivity is owned by the business. Performance is owned by HR. So by you know, having that strategy engagement and, and, and identifying what's important and what drives the business helps evolve what gets factored in, what gets brought in uh, you know, to create that complete picture of, uh, of success in this case for that retail client. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, congratulations for pulling that together. And, you know, obviously, if you have this, uh, this distribution of not only uh, data and information, but insight, uh, you have better visibility into what's working, what's not, uh, where the needs are, and so forth. So uh, the organization can be more agile. And with that in mind, you have a take on what gets measured, gets managed. Can you speak to that? Sure. Um, you know, it's the, it's the old cliche. It's used over and over, and it's true. Uh, but we believe what gets measured gets funded. And, you know, and this is why, you know, clients uh, look to zeroed in, because if they're, you know, particularly from the HR side, you know, if, if a HR executive is trying to defend their budget without baseline metrics and forecasts and, and monetized outcomes, then they're at risk of losing, you know, credibility and, and perhaps their budget overall. Um, you know, money money is the language of business. So when you can monetize the effects of workforce changes on the business, then you're going to make friends in high places and you're going to get recognized too. So, but you have to have the tools and the capability to do that. And you know, and that's where workforce analytics comes in to say where can improvements be made and um, you know whether it's you know workforce analytics, people analytics, uh, HR analytics. It's kind of you know they're all defined the same. You know the but the 
you know, people analytics is a practice. That's how we see it. Yep. And it's the, it's the practice of, um, you know, developing and understanding and sharing, right. Getting it out to the front lines, the, you know, knowledge and facts about the past and present states of the workforce. And then the relationships among those various states for the purpose of improving something in some future state, <laughs> you know, right. and whether that's by predicting or whether that's by forecasting and whether it's just by looking at it and saying we can do better, you know, it, it, you know, it takes many different forms to act on those results. It's, uh, yeah, fantastic. And I am truly uh, drawn to the, clarity and, and uh, eloquence you bring uh, to what the discipline is and uh, where organizations uh, have been struggling, at least in, in my experience, has been uh, around how do you build capability in the people analytics practice, to use your, your term. And uh, historically, there's been the idea where well, we got to you know, hire IO psychs, data scientists, you know, other researchers. Uh, and what increasingly is happening is they're obviously struggling to get headcount. So what's your point of view in terms of when uh, a leader or uh, whether it be a leader of HR, talent, uh, people analytics should think about enlisting uh, a zeroed in mm-hmm type firm to help augment their internal capability? Because if they tried to build what you have done, uh, that would be a lot of heavy lifting. It would be ripe with risk. It would be dependent on the individuals who would create it. Um, you've actually done it. So you ha- where, at what stage and what are some of the uh, indicators say, okay, it's now time to engage with uh, you and your team? What are your thoughts there? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like I said, most of our clients have, are are doing something already, right? They're not um, they're not newbies, right? They, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, they they have the you know the tools in place. They're uh, you know they they have an IT shop that has a you know a Tableau or a Click or or Cognos, um, and they're you know as I said they're you know they're doing some level of measurement, whether it's you know just basic you know, a quarterly report, an annual report that's, you know, around, you know, headcount, hires, and, and things like that. But, you know, where they, you know, what we advocate is that, you know, th- those, you know, there's certain metrics that every HR organization needs. And that's sort of the, mon- you know, I hate to use the word mundane, but, you know, that's the piece that we can do very easily at much less cost you know, and better, you know, higher efficiency than, you know, hiring an HR analyst who, you know, may or may not have some IT skills. They know the business, you know, it needs to be a a mix of, you know, knowing the business, but also knowing data. And that seems to be the skill set that HR struggles with is the data side. you know, it's it's evolving, and they're becoming more innovative and, and bringing in more technical people. And you saw, we saw, you know, uh, training and learning do this. You know, when they started developing, you know, their own training courses years ago with you know with authoring tools, and you know they had they needed to develop bring in course developers, so they became much more technical by trade. And this is happening in HR. Is it the right thing? 
you know, maybe for, maybe for some organizations it is if they're, you know, if they're really small, but there's, you know, there's a, there's a break point uh, or a break even point, probably better to say, we can't do this as efficiently anymore. We want to, we want to use their, you know, the HR analysts that were, you know, maybe paying close to a six figure salary. You know, we, we want to use their time for working with the data and the HR business partners and using it to solve problems. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. The, um, you're bringing to light a, a key uh, challenge uh, that hasn't gone away in the 15 plus years that I've been in the discipline is that, you know, leaders don't really know what this is. Uh, oftentimes, and I say that compassionately, uh, they don't know what's possible in 2017 and, and beyond. So for those who are listening, who are maybe in that type of role, or maybe they're trying to influence those uh, leaders who are going to uh, potentially allocate budget to um, their people analytics practice. And it might be uh, a toss up between adding an additional headcount versus uh, contracting with um, you know, zeroed in. What are some of the um, leading practices of firms that you've been working with that are doing this work well? When I talk about this work, I'm talking about they're generating meaningful insight on an ongoing basis and they're actually taking appropriate action. What would be the two or three things that you see among your client group that say, hey, these are some of the commonalities that uh, are now emerging as lessons learned? Well, you know, probably one of the biggest value, you know, the, one of the values they get from, from working with a, a firm like Zeroed In is, is they, they get to know their data better, better than, they, better than if they do it themselves yeah. in reality. Um, because, you know, our, our team of, of implementers, they're data wranglers, right? And, you know, what they're doing is they're modeling the client's data into, into our core HR metrics model, which is the baseline. And they're identifying, you know, opportunities, gaps, challenges. And, and this leads back to some, you know, again, also why some organizations don't get started. And we can talk about that later, which is, oh, our, you know, we don't have good data, right? Our data is not clean, but that's, that's a whole nother story. Um, you don't have to wait, but you know, back to your question, it's it, it's really what they find is one. You know, by shining a spotlight on something, it tends to move the needle. Sometimes without un, with un, 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 unintended actions, like for instance, we have a, an insurance client that began focusing on um, overtime, looking at overtime hours. And began socializing those out to the people managers on the front line. And it created awareness that, ah, the organization is keeping track of the overtime of our people. And that in and of itself began to influence how those people managers, you know, began, you know, um, approving or not approving overtime. And then as a result, it decreased the overtime, which is what they were trying to do, but without even taking any particular actions. 
per se. Sounds like a uh, automated uh, you know, speed limit sign, radar detector. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but yeah, same concept. You know, to your point, you know, measures affect behavior, so it makes perfect sense. And were you going to cite another example as well? Um, you know, that's that's the one. You know, the other one, as I mentioned, is you know, you you learn more about your your you know what data is more valuable to you. So we found that, you know, bringing the productivity data together with the, with the performance, with the core HR data creates a completely different picture than just having the HR data. So that's why, you know, I, I mean, just about every client that we have is bringing some aspect of productivity now in because they can so that they can get that complete picture and that creates a new discipline and, and a new way of, uh, of you know managing their people scheduling their people you know succession planning it's it's it, it kind of runs its course through the whole work, workforce life cycle right yeah and you know, again based on what you're saying you know understanding the data better understanding the information or insight that data can produce and then understanding again who's going to consume that information for what purpose so i, I imagine you're advising you know, along the way so at the end of it you are not so much an event driven hey we're going to come in and turn something on and uh, you know, good luck. You're coaching HR business partners and others on how to utilize this asset, the, this this product that you uh, bring to uh, HR business partners and and others. Is that an accurate statement? It, it is. Um, you know, in in two respects. One, you know, we have a, a team of customer support and service people that engage with the client on an ongoing basis. You know, they're continually working with the client uh, because the, the insights are continually evolving around different initiatives that, that clients have. So that's part of our value proposition is, you know, we do monthly checkpoints. We're continuing to work with them. It's, it's part of what we do. It's built into the model, but the tool itself you know, becomes kind of the, 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 the workforce analytics superhero, you know, it's, it's their HR analyst and IT analyst on steroids and it's working 24 seven and it never, you know, it never calls in sick. It's always generating insights for the client. So that's the kind of the, the, the nice thing. It becomes their uh, robot, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's, uh, you know, a lot of focus around, uh, how many jobs will be replaced by robots or algorithms in, you know, by 2020? Uh, this is likely one of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that would free up resources to do more yeah. uh, value-added work. Is that correct? It, but it, here's where it comes into play, though. We have this concept we call collaborative data rooms. And really, that's the ability to tell a visual story with the data. So through the dialogue, through the insights, you know, call it analyst guidance, if you will, that can be transcribed or annotated into a dashboard or the data room so that, you know, 
that story is there with the data to provide context for the people who are using it so they know what actions can be taken they know uh they know what it means and how it should be used that's cool that's uh and so somebody else can come in let's say there's turnover of the hr business partner they can actually have some uh history of what transpired why and that would then inform how they would handle similar circumstances moving forward right you've got you've got running notes right as to you know what's what's been occurring so that's you know that's one example. And if I could, and if I heard you correctly, it's it can be on most any issue where the data is available. It could be on fair pay, it could be on diversity, it could be on uh, performance, uh, any number of um, themes. Is that correct? Too. That's right. You know, it runs you know runs with a factor from you know the the whole you know the as you noted. I don't need to repeat it. <laughs> so yeah. So where. Uh, I mean, we're going to wrap up here in a few minutes, but where do you think the discipline is going? I mean, people analytics, workforce analytics, talent analytics, it's broad. To many, it's very esoteric. You're you're crafting your vision um, in your tool and the services that you provide uh, in conjunction with it. Where are you placing your bets? Where do you not only see the discipline going, uh, where would you hope it goes over the next, say, 18, 24 months? Um, well, we know already that, you know, there's a, you know, I won't say a mad rush, but there's, there's a lot of people getting involved in, the, in predictive uh, analytics and, and bringing that into the fold of, of, of people analytics. Uh, we're, we're right along with that, along with, you know, most of the market. You know, taking some of the low-hanging fruit like uh, flight risk and rising stars, uh, and being able to label them, you know, based on you know past patterns in the data. So, you know that that's evolving. Uh, you know, but I, I believe that you know w- back to where we started is there needs to be that glue that. You know, people have realized that, you know, a single system, you know, may not be able to meet all of their needs, right? So they may, you know, have to go from, yeah, they invested, they put it all in workday, but now they realize, you know, they do need a different recruiting tool, right? Or they do need a different performance management or, you know, some other other component. Uh, and... You know, now their data is on islands. So they have a data warehouse, but, you know, so, but they're going to spend their all, all the time, uh, you know, with IT or wait, you know, how long have they been waiting already on IT to do things for HR? They have yeah. a lower priority. So, you know, it's really, you know, being that uh, middleman, if you will, to bring the glue together, to bring the data together and, and tell a story and get it out you know, to the, to the people that need it. Absolutely. Well, Chris, I, I mean, I really enjoy talking with you and congratulations on all you've achieved there. And for our listeners, how can they learn more about you and Zeroed In? Sure. Well, they can visit zeroedin.com. That's, uh, that's one place to go. We've got a lot of great resources out there. Um, uh, there's, there's some eBooks about, you know, the five myths and misconceptions and the top six, most requested workforce insights. Um, we also put a lot of good content in our in our blog posts 
on uh, on the site, on LinkedIn, so they can find us there as well. And they'll find us at uh, the uh, People Analytics and Future of Work Conference in September in Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to seeing you there. And uh, yeah, just um, a few months away now. So again, Chris, appreciate you taking the time to share and uh, see you soon. Thanks, Al. Thank you all. Thank you. Thanks for joining the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. To find other podcasts, videos, upcoming events, and to join the Global People Analytics Network, please visit us at globalpeopleanalytics.net.